We've all heard of women's intuition, right? Well, men have intuition as well. Intuition is so important when it comes to feeding ourselves and our families in our challenging food environment. This podcast explores a variety of topics related to a powerful, evidence-based eating framework called intuitive eating that integrates instinct, emotion, and rational thought. My hope is that it will help you finally break free of the perpetual diet cycle. This is the Men's Intuition Podcast. All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Men's Intuition Podcast. I'm Jeff Ash, your host, nutritionist and personal trainer. And as of this week, I just completed my intuitive eating certification where I finished up the supervision portion of that certification. And that supervision portion is where we discuss different cases and different client scenarios that we've encountered over the past and we get insight. And this insight came from the Evelyn Triboli herself, who is one of the co-creators of this intuitive eating framework that this podcast is all about. And of course, then one of the co-authors of the book, Intuitive Eating with Elise Resch. Now, if you haven't read that book, I highly encourage you to do that. It lays out the framework that we're always talking about here on the podcast in a really nice way, including a lot of the research that is supporting it as an evidence-based solution and evidence-based approach to helping you to work on your relationship with food. So if you haven't read that book yet, I highly encourage you to do that. So that was a really exciting process. But without any further ado, let's dive into our topic for the podcast today. So the first principle of intuitive eating is to reject the diet mentality. That's that's where this whole thing starts. And so many of the other principles really rely on us, at least at some point, getting to a place where we can and do reject this diet mentality. Now, I want to emphasize something here. This is almost always a process that doesn't happen overnight. Uh, you know, our culture and its fixation on dieting and certain standards of beauty, it, it's constantly bombarding us with these messages. It makes it really difficult for so many of us to change our way of thinking. There's this kind of implicit and really it's probably explicit message that if we don't meet a certain standard of muscularity or leanness, that we need to do whatever it takes to change this. It's seen really as this kind of virtuous thing to be uh, driven and even obsessed with this pursuit, especially as guys when it comes to muscularity. You know, women face this pressure in in different ways than men. We we all face it in similar ways. Women face it uh, quite a bit differently and and at a probably a much more systemic level. We won't go into that here on this podcast, but I think you all are familiar with the pressures that women face in the area of body image and body ideals and standards. But, you know, we often recognize the pressures that um, women face when it comes to body ideals, but men also experience these, this extreme pressure as well. And so it's important that we recognize that and address it and, and acknowledge it. You know, a lot of the characteristics that we often praise in men like drive and grit and uh, determination, discipline, focus, those kinds of things, uh, these are often the qualities we associate with achieving this body ideal as well, right? Uh, you know, to, to make things worse, we, we associate not having the ideal physique as not possessing these virtuous qualities. And so it reflects on our, our worth. I can't tell you how many memes I've seen that that's either are explicit or implicit in making this connection that, you know, if you don't take care of your body in this way, that, that is really much more of an obsessive kind of a way of, of, of addressing our body and our nutrition and our health that, you know, you're, 
you're just not as driven. You're 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 lazy, maybe even. And and it's really unfortunate that that's the case because that, that message gets put into our heads, and it's often what drives people to seek out these kinds of changes, which we know from research is not sustainable in most cases. And we also know it's not good for us from a mental health standpoint. You know, one of the extremely common approaches used by a lot of guys, well, and women too, to achieve this so-called ideal physique is counting calories and, and possibly macros. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today here. You know, Weight Watchers, or I guess it's WW now, is basically the same idea except it uses a point system instead of precise calorie and macro targets, but it's basically the same thing. Uh, you, you have a target to hit for the day based on the size of your body and your goals, whether that's calories and protein, maybe it's fat and carb targets also, maybe you include fiber in there or other micronutrients. Uh, again, you know, WW would use point system in that same way, and, and they may allot you certain kinds of treats or sweets. I can't remember what Weight Watchers does with that, how they categorize stuff. They're always changing it, trying to trying to give it that more of a wellness feel to it, but it's still really a diet. You know, if you haven't hit your target in, in these cases, whether it's counting points or counting calories, you're allowed to continue eating, right? And then if you have hit your target, you're supposed to stop eating. But, you know, for, quote, flexibility, you may get to use a banking type of a system where you can bank extra calories or points for use later in the week. Or maybe if you go over on a particular day, you just lower your, your target for the next day or for a subsequent day that week, you know, that kind of thing. So by the end of the week, you haven't exceeded your calorie budget or point budget with, with the idea being that you will see a predetermined or estimated change in your body as long as you stick to this, this plan, this rigid calorie target or point target. Now, many people think this gives them control over their food, uh, but in reality, it often backfires. And, and this is stuff that I see all the time with clients that I'm working with. And, and it results in obsession with food, guilt when you exceed your limits, uh, guilt when you can't stick to the plan, shame because you, you can't stick to the simple calorie budget. And, and it can really contribute to developing binge eating or, or binge like eating episodes. So, uh, you know, that may be why you're here listening to this podcast and, and looking into intuitive eating. You know, you're looking for another way because this approach to this rigid external control uh, over how much you allow yourself to eat really hasn't served you well. Now, maybe you're looking for freedom. You're, you're tired of losing and gaining the same weight over and over. Uh, if that sounds like you, you definitely check out the first episode of this podcast where it's actually titled something <laughs> along those lines. I, I, I keep losing and gaining the same weight over and over. You know, what do you do about it? Uh, maybe that while you're intrigued by or you know, maybe even excited to explore intuitive eating, you're just not quite ready to deal or well, to, to delete the calorie counting app from your phone. You know, and, and that's that, that can be a big step for a lot of people. I know that can be really challenging. Uh, while this tracking definitely interferes with working on the principles of intuitive eating, the whole point of this particular episode is I want you to know that it's perfectly fine if you need to move away from tracking in a more gradual approach. I think that often gets overlooked and we don't hear that message enough that just like the, one of the big problems with dieting is that it's an all or nothing thing. It's kind of a, you go from living this quote unquote unhealthy lifestyle to this totally restrictive diet starting on a Monday or starting on New Year's Day or something like that. 
But intuitive eating is not about this all or nothing mentality. It's a process of growth and exploration and, and curiosity. And so while some people do and find it quite liberating to go cold turkey from tracking, you don't need to stop completely overnight. Uh, many people feel a sense of safety when it comes to this tracking approach. I know I did when when I used to track my calories really meticulously. It, it felt safe because I knew that I wouldn't go over and I wouldn't risk the the worst thing possible in life, which is to gain weight. Right? You know, that's kind of this message that we get from our culture and our society. It's unfortunate that that is, but but so many of us have that that internalized belief. And calorie counting does sort of give us that that sense that, hey, this will help me to not tread into that water of, of gaining any excess weight. And, you know, I have to say that establishing a sense of safety is, is always extremely important when I'm coaching clients. This is something that is really important in the coaching relationship. And it's really, it's really important when you start to dig into the principles of intuitive eating, because again, this is not an approach that is where you have these outside rules and that tell you exactly what to do, when to do it. It's a it's a process of exploration that can get messy when you start digging into maybe thinking about how you uh, how you were raised growing up, what meal times looked like. Maybe it takes you back to certain traumatic experiences, so it can be a a, a scary time at, at times, or frustrating, or it can open up old wounds and that kind of thing. But it's well worth the work and the effort in that. But again. It, you have to be, feel safe in order to do that. And sometimes holding on to certain things can give you that sense of safety for, for a time period, for a time being, um, for a period of time. And so calorie counting can be one of those things that, that you still hold on to a little bit as you start this process. It will, I have to say, interfere with the process if you continue it. Uh, long term, because again, it it discourages you to do things like connecting with your hunger and your fullness and satisfaction and getting rid of those uh, food rules and those kinds of things. But you know, don't confuse safety with being soft or lacking discipline. And I think that's one of the unfortunate things with us guys is that we often see wanting to feel this sense of safety and wanting to to feel like we can express how we are feeling at any given time as, as being soft or needy or, or lacking discipline. You know, if we can't pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, then we need to find a way to do that rather than actually dealing with and admitting what it is that we're struggling with and maybe talking it out with somebody else. And those are important things that fortunately it, I think it is becoming a bit more normal for guys to talk about these things and to do these things in our society, but we still have a long way to go. Uh, you know, I'm talking about setting up an environment where you are not overwhelmed with all the things that need to change so you can focus on addressing specific areas, which can then really help support change in other areas, like ditching the tracking app eventually. So sometimes uh, allowing for these, these things that bring us a, a sense of safety, again, for a time can be beneficial in that way. So anyway, here, here are four ideas that I've used with clients to help them to more gradually move away from tracking without completely pulling the rug out from under them. Uh, it's by no means an exhaustive list, but I encourage you to reflect on your own experience and emotions with regard to tracking to come up with some ideas of your own that might better suit you as a unique individual. So again, these are just some really standard kinds of 
easy to to understand ideas, but hopefully this will spark some more thought and uh, in in your own mind. So the first one is if you're tracking calories, protein, fat, carbs, fiber, you know, all kinds of things like that. Try just tracking calories. So you may say, well, what I, I'm already just I just put my food into the app. And then it automatically tracks my protein and all that other stuff. What I'm talking about more is instead of worrying about protein, fat, and carbs, maybe now you just worry about the calories. So that's what that's doing is that's taking one piece of this obsessive kind of approach out of the equation. And so it's one less thing to worry about. Or it could be that maybe you're, you're really focused on building muscle and strength. And so you're really concerned about your protein intake. And we won't go into better ways to make sure you're getting all your protein, but let's just say for the sake of argument that that's kind of where you're at right now. Maybe you don't want to look at the calorie target and you just want to look at the protein target. So that may be a more comfortable way to start shifting away from the calorie, uh, from this tracking approach, because really what you're, you're wanting to do is make sure you get enough protein and you're not super concerned with whether you go over or under on your total calories. So again, that could be another way of making this small, gradual shift away from this meticulous tracking approach. Now, this is where I started when I was moving away from tracking. I went to calories and protein when I used to track calories, protein, fat, and carbs. I started to realize, you know, the, the carb and fat content of my diet is not super important for the kind of activity that I'm involved in. Both of them provide energy. I'm getting nutrients from all the foods that provide those different macronutrients as well. And so getting away from that was just one less thing to be religiously focusing on. And then just to protein and calories. And then eventually I kind of shifted away from worrying about calories. And I, I just made sure I hit my protein target. Now for a number of years now, I haven't even used a tracking app at all. And so I don't, I, I just don't worry about that anymore. And, uh, but that can be a great way to get started. So number two is start being less meticulous in weighing and measuring, you know, put away the food scale and, and maybe you still track everything as you did before, but now you're just going to estimate rather than precisely measure, uh, weigh or, or count out pieces and, you know, calorie counting and, and calorie tracking is not even perfectly accurate anyway. So this would be a good way to acknowledge that. You, you could remind yourself of that every time you reach for the scale and say, you know what, even though I'm not weighing it, I've been weighing it for so long, I can probably estimate pretty close anyway to what what the the amount is that I'm I'm serving myself. You know, if, you, if you've been tracking a while, you probably have a good idea how much six ounces of chicken is or what a tablespoon of olive oil looks like. I, I, I know I did. So that's just one way of helping you to be less rigid. And it, it can really help you to start to be less rigid in your thinking about food in general. That's just one step. So again, it's you feel safe because you're still tracking. You're still counting off of the packaging. It's just you're not overly fixated on weighing every little thing and and counting every nut and counting every individual chip or taking your food scale to the restaurant. And you may be saying, do people do that? And yes, unfortunately, people do do that. And if maybe that's you, it's this isn't to shame you in that way, but but it's to to bring awareness to the fact that 
to be honest, that is not a normal relationship with food. And that's a big red flag that that you may really benefit from doing some work in that area and, and, and changing your relationship with food. All right. So number three, don't attempt to track on days for meals when it's the least accurate anyway, right? <laughs> I th- This one might actually be a little obvious. It's it's like if you're going to do all kinds of things, like let's say you're going to a restaurant that doesn't have calorie info on there, which is probably not going to be accurate anyway because the chef is not weighing and measuring every little food item. Some of those chicken breasts that come out are going to be eight ounces, nine, nine and a half. A, a steak that comes out is going to be in a range. The The size or the amount of rice that they dump on your plate is going to be probably close to a certain amount, but it's not exact. Butter, they aren't measuring and scraping off the top off of a tablespoon. They're probably just keeping some in that looks about right. Tasting it, seeing how it, it, does it have the right flavor? And if so, they send it out. So why bother stressing over tracking on that stuff anyway? So that can be a great place to start. Uh, again, not tracking at restaurants or when you eat out, maybe don't track on Sunday dinner at mom's house. You have no idea what's in there, but, but you're trying, you're sitting there all during the meal trying to figure out, okay, how much of the potatoes should I take? Cause what did mom put in there? She probably put this and that, um, maybe a spoonful. Now, is that a half a cup or is that a cup or is that three fourths of a cup? And then you're, you're trying to figure it out in your app. And I say this because these are things that I've done in the past. And these are things that a lot of people do now, even if they don't admit to it, they do that. And even a lot of people may not admit to it, but these are serious anxieties that they struggle with when they go to a party, a cookout, mom's for dinner, a restaurant that doesn't have the calorie numbers on there to provide that feeling of safety. So you also may find in these situations when you stop doing this that you're actually more connected to these experiences because you're not so worried about the calorie and macro content of the foods and you simply remain present in the moment. And that's not even to say, hey, I'm going to order what I want off the menu. This is just saying, hey, you know what? I'm still going to I, I still am not feeling quite ready to to just order whatever I want off the menu. I'm still going to stick to the quote healthy options that we you know, sometimes we often think about. But at least you're taking a step away from that tracking portion of it, right? So again, it's this gradual process where we're moving away from something that's not serving us well, and at the same time we're exploring these other areas of intuitive eating. And then hopefully the idea is that we'll get to a point where we don't feel that need to track anymore. And we're much more open to then going deeper and and better and more fully implementing these principles of intuitive eating. All right. And lastly, number four, try not tracking for one day, a week or the weekend. And this is a a common thing that uh, that clients do. This is a, a very typical starting point for a lot of them. They say, you know what, Sundays I, I can't even track very accurately anyway. It's just frustrating. So you know what? I'm going to no longer track on Sundays because that day is I have this going on and that going on. And it's just I know it's not even accurate. Half the time I only log half my food. So at that point, it's like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't even bother with this at all or over the weekend. Maybe I shouldn't even bother with tracking it over the weekend. I'll work on being mindful of how I'm eating over the weekend instead of meticulously tracking it. I'll start to maybe use the weekend or those non-tracking days to really focus in on recognizing my hunger and my fullness. And so those are the that may be the day or the days that you 
really work on this important principle of intuitive eating, of honoring your hunger and feeling your fullness and satisfaction. And then from there, you may go to removing other days of the week that you track or other circumstances where where you've been tracking, but you decide to no longer track. And that can be, again, a stepwise, gradual process of getting away from this external control over your diet. And that way, that can really help you to then make that transition to where you're actually listening to your body for hunger and fullness and satisfaction cues rather than an app telling you whether you're allowed to or not allowed to eat something. All right, so these are just some ideas to get you thinking about this. Everyone is so completely different. Uh, these ideas might work for, your, for you, uh, and you may have an idea for something else that, that may suit you better, and that would be great because really when I'm working with clients, what I, what I really, really, really try and do is help them recognize and come to the realization that a particular thing is not serving them well rather than me saying, hey, that's not serving you well. And likewise, I like them to come up with the solutions for what's going to work best for them. Hey, what do you think would help you to not be so hungry at the end of the day? What do you think might help you to move away from tracking calories or, or using this tracking app? Are there some things that you can think of that might help with that process? And when you come up with that, when my clients come up with the, these ideas on their own, as we sort of brainstorm and talk together, it's, it's, it is much more suited to them as a unique individual, to their values, uh, the things that are important to them. And so I highly encourage you to do that. So my main point in all of this is that it doesn't need to be all or nothing. Do what's going to work best for you and your unique personality and your lifestyle. And I have to say, if you need help, I'd be more than happy to talk with you more. So don't hesitate to reach out. If you have moved away from tracking and have some strategies that work for you, I would love to hear from you. So find my post on Instagram at intuitive.eating.men for this podcast episode and share those thoughts. I'd love to hear that or, sh or shoot me a DM. 